Story 10. The Strength of Gideon and Other Stories. By Paul Lawrence Dunbar. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Uncle Simon's Sundays Out. Mr. Marston sat upon his wide veranda in the cool of the summer Sabbath morning. His hat was off, the soft breeze was playing with his brown hair, and a fragrant cigar was rolled lazily between his lips. He was taking his ease after the fashion of a true gentleman. But his eyes roamed widely, and his glance rested now on the blue-green sweep of the great lawn, again on the bright blades of the growing corn, and anon on the waving fields of tobacco, and he sighed a sigh of ineffable content. The breath had hardly died on his lips when a figure of an old man appeared before him, and, hat in hand, shuffled up the wide steps of the porch. It was a funny old figure, stooped and so one-sided that the tail of the long and shabby coat he wore dragged on the ground. The face was black and shrewd, and little patches of snow-white hair fringed the shiny pate. "'Good morning, Uncle Simon,' said Mr. Marston heartily. "'Mornin', Mask George. How you comin' on? I'm first-rate. How are you? How are your rheumatics coming on? Oh, my, day's most nigh well. They don't trouble me no mo'. Most nigh well. Don't trouble you any more? That's none to speak of. Why, Uncle Simon, who ever heard tell of a man being cured of his aches and pains at your age? I ain't so powerful old, Mass. I ain't so powerful old.' "'You're not so powerful old. "'Why, Uncle Simon, what has taken hold of you? "'You're eighty if a day.' "'Shh, shh, that can low, master. "'Don't express yourself so loud.' "'And the old man looked fearfully around "'as if he feared someone might hear the words. "'The master fell back in his seat in utter surprise. "'And why, I should like to know, "'may I not speak of your age aloud?' Uncle Simon showed his two or three remaining teeth in a broad grin as he answered, "'Well, master, I was afraid old man time might hear ye and think he'd done let me run too long.' He chuckled, and his master joined him with a merry peal of laughter. "'All right, then, Simon,' he said. "'I'll try not to give away any of your secrets to old man time, but isn't your age written down somewhere?' "'I reckon dat in de old Bible you'll pog in me.' Oh, well, let it alone, then. Even time won't find it there. The old man shifted the weight of his body from one leg to the other, and stood embarrassedly twirling his ancient hat in his hands. There was evidently something more that he wanted to say. He had not come to exchange commonplaces with his master about age or its ailments. Well, what is it now, Uncle Simon? the master asked, heeding the servant's embarrassment. I know you've come up to ask or tell me something. Have any of your converts been backsliding, or has Buck been misbehaving again? No, sir. De converts all seem to be a standin' strong in de faith, and Buck, he actin' right good now. Doesn't Liza bring your meals regular and cook them good? Oh, yes, sir. Liza ain't done nothin'. They ain't nothin' de matter at de quarters. Nothin' tall. Well, what on earth, then? Hold on, Mass, hold on. 
i done told you dey ain't nothin de matter among de people and i ain't comin to plain about nothin but but i wants to speak to you about somethin mighty particular well go on because it will soon be time for you to be getting down to the meeting-house to exhort the hands dat's just what i want to speak about dat sortin well you've been doing it for a good many years now dat's the very idee dat's in my haid now mask george how come you read me so nigh right oh that's not reading anything that's just truth but what do you mean uncle simon you don't mean to say that you want to resign why what would your old wife think if she was living no no mask george i don't want zackly want to sign but i'd just like to have a few sundays off a few sundays off well now i do believe that you are crazy what on earth put that into your head nuffin mask george i wants to be away from my sabbath labors for a little while dat's all why what are the hands going to do for some one to exhort them on sunday you know they've got to shout or burst and it used to be your delight to get them stirred up until all the backfield was ringing i don't say dat i ain't gwine try and do dat some mo master mind i do say dat but in de meantime i's got somebody else to take my place one dat i trained up in de work right under my own hand maybe he ain't endowed with the spirit as i is all men can't be gifted de same way but dey ain't no sputin he's powerful why he can handle the scriptures with both hands and you can hear him prayin for two miles and you want to put this wonder in your place yes sir for a while anyhow uncle simon aren't you losing your religion losin my religion who me's a losin my religion no sir well aren't you afraid you'll lose it on the sundays that you spend out of your meeting-house now mas george you white man and you my master and you got learnin but what kind of argument is dat is dat good judgment well now if it isn't you show me why you're a logician there was a twinkle in the eye of george marston as he spoke no i ain't no egyptian master the old man contended but what kind of religion you spec i got anyhow hear me been stowin it up for low dese many years and ain't got enough to last over a few sundays what kind o religion is dat the master laughed i believe you've got me there uncle simon well go along but see that your flock is well tended thank ye mas george thank ye i'll put a shepherd in my place dat'll put de food down so low dat de little lambs can enjoy it but it'll make it strong enough for de old ewes and with a profound bow the old man went down the steps and hobbled away as soon as uncle simon was out of sight george marston threw back his head and gave a long shout of laughter i wonder he mused what crotchet that old darky has got into his head now he comes with all the air of a white divine to ask for a vacation well i reckon he deserves it he had me on the religious argument too he's got his grace stored and another peal of her husband's laughter brought mrs marston from the house george george what is the matter what amuses you so that you forget that this is the sabbath day 
oh don't talk to me about sunday any more when it comes to the past that the reverend simon marston wants a vacation it seems that the cares of his parish have been too pressing upon him and he wishes to be away for some time he does not say whether he will visit europe or the holy land however we shall expect him to come back with much new and interesting material for the edification of his numerous congregation i wish you would tell me what you mean by all this thus adjured george marston curbed his amusement long enough to recount to his wife the particulars of his interview with uncle simon well well you carry on so only because one of the servants wishes his sundays to himself for a while shame on you mrs marston said her husband solemnly you are hopeless positively undeniably hopeless i do not object to your failing to see the humour in the situation for you are a woman but that you should not be curious as to the motives which actuate uncle simon that you should be unmoved by a burning desire to know why this staunch old servant has so for many years pictured hell each sunday to his fellow-servants should wish a vacation that i can neither understand nor forgive oh i see why easily enough and so could you if you were not so intent on laughing at everything the poor old man is tired and wants rest that's all and mrs marston turned into the house with a stately step for she was a proud and dignified lady and that reason satisfies you ah mrs marston mrs marston you discredit your sex her husband sighed mockingly after her there was perhaps some ground for george marston's perplexity as to uncle simon's intentions his request for sundays off was so entirely out of the usual order of things the old man with the other servants on the plantation had been bequeathed to marston by his father even then uncle simon was an old man and for many years in the elder marston's time had been the plantation exhorter in this position he continued and as his age increased did little of anything else he had a little log-house built in a stretch of woods convenient to the quarters where sunday after sunday he held forth to as many of the hands as could be encouraged to attend with time the importance of his situation grew upon him he would have thought as soon of giving up his life as his pulpit to any one else he was never absent a single meeting day in all that time sunday after sunday he was in his place expounding his doctrine he had grown officious too and if any of his congregation were away from service monday morning found him clearly at their cabins to find out the reason why after a life then of such punctilious rigidity it is no wonder that his master could not accept mr marston's simple excuse for uncle simon's dereliction that the old man needed rest for the time being the good lady might have her way as all good ladies should but as for him he chose to watch and wait and speculate mrs marston however as well as her husband was destined to hear more that day of uncle simon's strange move for there was one other person on the place who was not satisfied with uncle simon's explanation of his conduct and yet could not as easily as the mistress formulate an opinion of her own this was liza 
who did about the quarters and cooked meals of the older servants who were no longer in active service it was just at the dinner hour that she came hurrying up to the big house and with the freedom of an old and privileged retainer went directly to the dining-room look here miss Mary, she exclaimed without the formality of prefacing her remarks i wants to know what's the matter with brother simon what make him act the way he do why i don't know eliza what has uncle simon been doing why some of you all must know lessen he couldn't have done it ain't he ask you nothin marse george yes he did have some talk with me some talk i reckon he did have some talk with somebody tell us liza mr marston said what has uncle simon done he done brung somebody else that young merit darky to occupy his pulpit and he induce him and then he say dat he goin to be absent a few sundays and then he take hisself off out in de church without even waitin for de shumant well didn't you have a good sermon it might have been a good sermon but that ain't what i ax you i want to know what de matter with brother simon why he told me that the man he put over you was one of the most powerful kind warranted to make you shout until the last bench was turned over oh some of them they shouted enough they shouted they fill but that ain't what i's drivin at yet what i want to know is what make brother simon do dat well i'll tell you liza marston began but his wife cut him off now george she said you shall not trifle with eliza in that manner then turning to the old servant she said eliza it means nothing do not trouble yourself about it you know uncle simon is old and he has been exhorting for you now for many years and he needs a little rest these sundays it is getting toward midsummer and it is warm and weary work to preach as uncle simon does liza stood still with an incredulous and unsatisfied look on her face after a while she said dubiously shaking her head uh-uh miss mary that may splain things to you but it ain't make em light to me yet now miss marston began her husband chuckling hush i tell you george it's really just as i tell you eliza the old man is tired and needs rest again the old woman shook her head uh-uh she said if you'd a seen him goin lickety-split out of the meaning-house you wouldn't a thought he was so tired marston laughed aloud and long at this well mrs marston he bantered even liza is showing a keener perception of the fitness of things than you there are some things i can afford to be excelled in by my husband and my servants for my part i have no suspicion of uncle simon and no concern about him either one way or the other excuse me miss mary said liza i didn't mean no harm to you but i ain't a trustin old brother simon i tell you i'm not blaming you eliza you are sensible as far as you know uh-huh said mr marston eliza went out mumbling to herself and mr marston confined his attention to his dinner he chuckled just once but mrs marston met his levity with something like a sniff on the first two sundays that uncle simon was away from his congregation nothing was known about his whereabouts on the third sunday he was reported to have been seen making his way toward the west plantation 
now what did this old man want there the west plantation so called was a part of the marston domain but the land there was worked by a number of slaves which mrs marston had brought with her from louisiana where she had given up her father's gorgeous home on the bio for Shea, together with her proud name of marie st pierre for george marston's love there had been so many bickerings between the marston servants and the contingent from louisiana that the two sets had been separated the old remaining on the east side and the new ones going to the west so to those who had been born on the soil the name of the west plantation became a reproach it was a synonym for all that was worldly wicked and unregenerate the east plantation did not visit with the west the east gave a dance the west did not attend the marstons and st pierre's in black did not intermarry if a marston died a st pierre did not sit up with him and so the division had kept up for years it was hardly to be believed then that uncle simon marston the very patriarch of the marston flock was visiting over the border but on another sunday he was seen to go straight to the west plantation at her first opportunity liza accosted him look here here brother simon what's dis i been hearing about you huh well sis liza i reckon you'll have to tell me dat of yourself cause i don't know what you been a hearing brother simon you's a old man you's old well sis liza dat was methuselah i ain't jokin brother simon i ain't jokin i's a talkin right straight forward your conduct don't look right it ain't comin to you as de shepherd of a flock but what i been doin sister what i been doin you know i reckon i do but i want to see whether you does or not you been goin over to de west plantation dat's what you been doin you can't nigh that you been seed i don't want nigh it is dat all is dat all liza stood aghast then she said slowly and wonderingly brother simon is you losin your senses or your grace i ain't losin one no t'other but i don't see no harm in goin over to de west plantation you don't see no harm in goin over to de west plantation you stand here inside a god and say dat don't get so sighted sis liza you must remember dat day souls on de west plantation just the same as dey is on de east yes and dey souls in hell too the old woman fired back course dey is but dey's already damned and dey souls on de west plantation to be saved huh, 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 grunted liza you done call me de shepherd ain't you sister well sayin i is when dey's little lambs out in de coal and dey ain't got no sense nuff to come in er dey don't know de way what do de shepherd do why he go out and he hunt up de po shiverin bleatin lambs and brings em into de foe don't you bother about the west plantation sis liza and uncle simon hobbled off down the road with surprising clarity leaving his interlocutor standing with mouth and eyes wide open well i never she exclaimed when she could get her lips together i do believe the day of judgment is at hand of course this conversation was duly reported to the master and mistress 
and called forth some strictures from mrs marston on liza's attempted interference with the old man's good work you ought to be ashamed of yourself eliza that you ought after the estrangement of all this time if uncle simon can effect a reconciliation between the west and the east plantations you ought not to lay a straw in his way i am sure there's more of a real christian spirit in that than in shouting and singing for hours and then coming out with your heart full of malice you need not laugh mr marston you need not laugh at all i am very much in earnest and i do hope that uncle simon will continue his ministrations on the other side if he wants to he can have a room built in which to lead their worship but do you want him to leave us altogether if you do not care to share your meeting-house with them they can have one of their own but looky here missy dem louisiana people dey bad and dey hoodoo folks and dey catholics eliza scuse me missy child bless yo heart you know i do mean and no harm to you but somehow i do feel right in my heart about brother simon never mind eliza it is only evil that needs to be watched the good will take care of itself it was not one nor two nor three sundays that brother simon was away from his congregation but six passed before he was there again he was seen to be very busy tinkering around during the week and then one sunday he appeared suddenly in his pulpit the church nodded and smiled a welcome to him there was no change in him if anything he was more fiery than ever but there was a change liza who was news-gatherer and carrier extraordinary bore the tidings to her owners she burst into the big house with the cry of what'd i tell you what'd i tell you well what now exclaimed both mr and mrs marston didn't i tell you old simon was up to something out with it exclaimed her master out with it i knew he was up to something too george try to remember who you are brother simon came in church this morning and he sended up de pulpit well what of that are you not glad he's back hold on let me tell you he sended up de pulpit and menced his discourse well he hadn't no sooner got started when in walked one of dem brazen louisiana wenches eliza hold on miss Mary she walked in like she owned the place and flopped herself down in the front seat well what if she did burst in mrs marston she had a right i want you to understand you and the rest of your kind that that meeting-house is for any of the hands that care to attend it the woman did right i hope she'll come again i ain't got done yet missy just soon as the summit was over what must brother simon desorta mind you what must he do but come hoppin down from de pulpit and bow dat wench home scorted her clear across de plantation before everybody's face now what do you call that i call it politeness that's what i call it what are you laughing at mr marston i have no doubt that the old man was merely trying to set an example of courtesy to some of the younger men or to protect the woman from the insults that the other members of the congregation would heap upon her mr marston i do wish you'd keep your face serious there is nothing to laugh at in this matter a worthy old man tries to do a worthy work his fellow-servants cavil at him 
and his master, who should encourage him, laughs at him for his pains. I assure you, my dear, I'm not laughing at Uncle Simon. Then at me, perhaps, that is infinitely better. And not at you, either. I'm amused at the situation. Well, Manette came off this morning, resumed Eliza. Manette, exclaimed Mrs. Marston. It was Manette he was a bowin. Everybody say likin mountly well, and that he look at her all through preachin. Oh, my, Manette's one of the nicest girls I brought from St. Pierre. I hope, oh, but then she is a young woman. She would not think of being foolish over an old man. I don't know, Miss Mary. The old men is de was kin. The young womans know how to take care of young men's, cause they de same age, and they been learning de tricks right along with them. But de old men, they got such a long start ahead, they been learning so long. If I had a daughter, I wouldn't be afeard to let him take her or herself with a young man, but if an old man come a-courtin', huh, I keep my own two eyes open. Eliza, you're a philosopher, said Mr. Marston. You're one of the few reasoners of your sex. It is all nonsense, said his wife. Why, Uncle Simon is old enough to be Manette's grandfather. Love laughs at years, and you laugh at everything. That's the difference between love and me, my dear Mrs. Marston. Do not pay any attention to your master, Eliza, and do not be so suspicious of everyone. It's all right. Uncle Simon had Manette over, because he thought the service would do her good. Yes'm, I low she's one of the young lambs dat he gone out in de cold to fetch in. Well, he taken mighty good care of dat lamb. Mrs. Marston was compelled to laugh in spite of herself. But when Eliza was gone, she turned to her husband and said, George, dear, do you really think there's anything in it? I thoroughly agree with you, Mrs. Marston, in the opinion that Uncle Simon needed rest, and I may add on my own behalf, recreation. Pshah! I do not believe it. All doubts, however, were soon dispelled. The afternoon sun drove Mr. Marston to the back veranda where he was sitting when Uncle Simon again approached and greeted him. Well, Uncle Simon, I hear you're back in your pulpit again. Yes, sir. I's done summoned my labors in de master's vineyard. Have you had a good rest of it? Well, I ain't exactly been restin', said the aged man, scratching his head. I's been pursuing other employments. Oh, yes, but change of work is rest. And how's the rheumatism now? Any better? Better? Why, Mas George, I ain't got a smidgen of it. I just limpin' a little bit on count of habit. Well, it's good if one can get well, even if his days are nearly spent. Hish, Mas George, I ain't takin' about dyin'. Aren't you ready yet, in all these years? I hope I's ready, but I hope to be spared a good many years yet. To do good, I suppose. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Fact is, Mas George, I just hop up to ax you something. Well, here I am. I want to ax you. Er, uh, I want. Oh, speak it out. I haven't time to be bothering here all day. Well, you know, Mas George, some of us ain't near as old as they looks. That's true. A person now would take you for ninety, 
and to my positive knowledge you're not more than eighty-five oh lord master do ish i'm not flattering you that's the truth well now massa george couldn't you make me look like eighty-four and be a little younger why what do you want to be younger for you see it's just like this mas george i come up here to ax you i want that is me and manette we wants to get made get married thundered mr marston what you you old crow with one foot in the grave hush master buse me can low don't throw your woods round so careless this is what you wanted your sundays off for to go sparkin' around you an exhorter too but i's been a missin my pole wife so much here lately you've been a missin her oh yes and so you want to get a woman young enough to be your granddaughter to fill her place well mas george you know if i is old and feeble as you say i needs a strong young hand to help me down the hill and if manette don't mind my spendin a few months or years that'll do i'll see what your mistress says come back in an hour a little touched and a good deal amused marston went to see his wife he kept his face straight as he addressed her mrs marston manette's hand has been proposed for george the reverend simon marston has this moment come and solemnly laid his heart at my feet as proxy for manette he shall not have her he shall not have her exclaimed the lady rising angrily but remember mrs marston it will keep her coming to meeting i do not care he's an old hypocrite that's what he is think too of what a noble work he is doing it brings about a reconciliation between the east and west plantations for which we have been hoping for years you really oughtn't to lay a straw in his way he's a sneaking insidious old scoundrel such poor encouragement from his mistress for a worthy old man who only needs rest george cried mrs marston as she sank down in tears which turned to convulsive laughter as her husband put his arm about her and whispered he is showing the true christian spirit don't you think we'd better call manette and see if she consents she is one of his lambs you know oh george george do as you please if the horrid girl consents i wash my hands of the whole affair you know these old men have been learning such a long while by this time mrs marston was as much amused as her husband manette was accordingly called and questioned the information was elicited from her that she loved brother simon and wished to marry him love laughs at age quoted mr marston again when the girl had been dismissed mrs marston was laughingly angry but speechless for a moment finally she said well manette seems willing so there is nothing for us to do but to consent although mind you i do not approve of this foolish marriage do you hear after a while the old man returned for his verdict he took it calmly he had expected it the disparity in the years of him and his betrothed did not seem to strike his consciousness at all he only grinned now look here uncle simon said his master i want you to tell me how you an old bad-looking half-dead darky won that likely young girl 
the old man closed one eye and smiled master i don't believe you looks around you he said now monks white folks you knows a preachin monks de ladies is most nigh irresistible but amongst colour dey ain't no possible way to get around de gospel man when he go a-huntin for anything end of story ten